0: This is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only Mr. Matt James. What's
1: going on, David?
0: Listen, you're now, now, I mean, is is that what happens when I introduce you like that? You rock the shades.
1: Is that all all it takes to get you to put the shades on, Matt? Honestly, Rachel left these beside my computer and they look kind of fitting for the intro. So I had to throw them on. Are they hers or are they yours? You know What? At this point, who knows? You know, I I borrow a lot of her stuff. She borrows a lot of my stuff. So these are definitely her glasses, but there's a 10 out of 10 chance I'll have these on at some point. Listen, it's all the same after a while, right? Right. Is there a favorite
0: article that you borrow of hers that she wears? I mean, I assume Uh, you can't fit into her shirts
1: or pants. That's that's an interesting point because she can fit into my shirts and my hoodie. So, you know, when a lot of that stuff goes missing, I know where the culprit is, but her sunglasses is something that you know we can both. I might. I have a bigger head than her, so I stretch out a lot of her stuff. So she she hides all her stuff from me, anyways. Oh my god! Well, listen. Before we 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 gotta say congratulations.
0: I mean, first impressions, off-screen conversations with a bachelor on race, family, and forgiveness. Like the book is here, May third, available for pre-order. Everybody, right now. Like,
1: congratulations thank you david yeah no i'm excited that was a long time in the co- in the making like drop a clue bomb very excited to share that with everybody
0: i mean why i mean the first question for me is like why now like you know what i mean like you said it's a long time in the coming like you know was there a particular reason why you felt now is the right time
1: um i want to say that it's not one of those books where it's like you know when I was born, it's like, it's not like this, like follows your entire life, like, because I'm only 30, but there's key themes in my life that I think resonate with everybody. So, um, it started out selfishly to vindicate my image of the bachelor. I'm like, I don't feel like that was a representation of who I am, what I'm about, and like dive into the things that are important in my life. And I'm like, for the people who care, I want to put together you know, a collection of stories that represent why I might have gone about things the way I did. And as I'm, recall- when I was, as I'm recalling and recounting those different experiences that led me to this point in my life, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, this is in parallel with millions of different people. And I saw that from how my story on screen resonated with a bunch of different people all across the world I'm getting messages about people who are reconciling with family members, people who grew up uh, as the odd person out in multi relates multi-race relations and so forth. There's, you will find a million themes throughout the book. And I guarantee one resonates with
0: you. What was the actual process of like writing a book like for you? I mean, it's not easy,
1: right? It was difficult, David. Like it, it, a lot of, a lot of brainstorming sessions with Cole Brown, who, um, this wouldn't have been possible without him, uh, who I wrote the book with. Um, and Honestly, the the experience of being on The Bachelor prepped me in terms of being able to dive into things that I I didn't want to talk about. Like, it's very hard for me to get, go to places that make me emotional and bring back traumatic experiences. But like, I had to address those things face on on the show. So it had already warmed me up to that process. And um, putting them on paper, like really helps you um, identify things in your life that like, you have and found issue with. And as I did that, I'm just like addressing these things head on. And it was a very healthy exercise. Um, I would equate it to journaling. It's like we took this journal and we compiled it together into a very concise book and we're going to be sharing it with everybody. So kind
0: of like therapy.
1: So journaling, right? I've been journaling with Hannah Brown's fricking journal right here. It's been a good practice. I'm trying to practice what I preach and it's helped. It really helps me collect all my thoughts and, and get everything on paper before I go to bed.
0: I love it. It's kind of like therapy, right? Like going through the whole process. Yeah. Was, was there anything that's, cause I've read a lot of, you know, huge chunks of this book, actually most of it, was there anything in particular or one or two things where you were like on the you know verge of like, maybe this goes in, maybe this is too personal.
1: Um, for sure. I mean, especially all the things with your family, you know, I think that that's the big thing when, whenever you're going to do something as public as go on a TV show, going to dive into those areas of your life and then from the things that i shared in my book like that just goes even more personal and like to, just to scratch the surface like i have a handful of family members that have been in and out of the penal system and have spent time in prison time in jail and mm. you know there's a lot of people that are incarcerated across the country which means there's family and friends of those people that are affected by those decisions and those things going on so that right there is something that people can draw a connection to and be like, Oh my gosh, I went through the same thing. So diving into those stories was, was difficult initially, but like, again, when you're vulnerable and you share things like that, it allows people around you who have similar things going on to be like, Hey, like if he's, if he's making it through this, then like I can draw strength from that too.
0: Did you have any reservations in saying yes to writing this book? Maybe like, you know.
1: Um, Honestly, no, because, you know, it started from this frustration of like, I don't like how things are, are appearing on, on screen. Like this isn't who I am. Like, and, and not only who it is, is it not who I am, but there's so many important things that were discussed and that I wanted to be portrayed that were just skipped over. So I'm like, it's got to fall on me to make sure that gets out there. And it was, it was something that, that I wanted to take on head.
0: What were some particular things like just that you thought were skipped over or not portrayed, or maybe filmed in like you know just on the cutting room floor because they weren't you know forwarding that sexy story of like let's go right. in this direction
1: I mean it was raw, like the things that I talk about are is real shit, like the stuff with my family, my dad and my brother and and all these other people in my family who have been in and out of out of jail, like I'm sharing that stuff with the women so that they know what they're getting when they when they bring me home to their parents like I don't want it to be some shock like this is the bachelor I've got a lot of stuff that comes with that and like that wasn't probably the the wholesome story that was you know wanting to be portrayed in and what they were selling but it's that's real like that's real life and that's what people go through And I think when you dot, when you when you double down on stuff like that, you're going to get a more authentic story and people who are bought in opposed to this, like Hollywood, everything's that glitters is gold. Like nah, like everyone who's on that show has been through some hurt. And like when you double down on that, then I feel like that's when you gain real connection. So I'm just doubling down now on being authentic and just sharing things that I've been through in hopes that, you know, people can can resonate with that.
0: Well, speaking of family, that is one of the three themes that we have on the cover of the book, like has like your family read it? Like, I know you're very close with your mom.
1: Like, what did your mom think of this book? She was taken back, you know, because there's a lot of stuff in there that's uncomfortable to have conversations with people about. And there's a lot of things in my childhood that, you know, I didn't know how to articulate to her at the time, but that I was going through as, as well as my brother, you know, being like a young black kid who was being raised by a white mom with no dad. In a predominantly, you know, rough neighborhood, so people have a bunch of questions, and I'm going to school with all white kids, so it's like there's a bunch of different craziness that, as you can imagine, that's ensuing as we're trying to figure out our identity, where we fit into this matrix, why our dad isn't around, like uh, getting in that of trouble, near-death experiences, like it's 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 a mosh pass of just like realness. It is very real, and you also talk in this book a lot about, you know. Expectations,
0: not you know, of you as like Matt James of the, the Bachelor, but just you as like Matt James, a man, and like what's been expected of you, and like stereotypes. Like, talk to me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, uh, I think that was one of the reasons why I was excited to accept that role as the Bachelor, because um, <clears throat> where we were as a country at that time, uh, and and really where we, where we still are. You know, it's 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 always fascinating when I see things on my Explore page on TikTok or on Twitter it's like, you know, 1960, when we first integrated this, I'm like, damn, that was like 50 years ago. Like, that's not even that long. Like, that's like a generation removed, you know, like we're not that far out from like these crazy times. So like if there's an opportunity for someone like myself to come in and be a good representation of like what a black man is and what he's about and um, and bash those, you know, stereotypes that are cast on a broad view of a a broad group of people through my experience on the show, then like what better opportunity is that to, you know, be a a, a bridge builder?
0: How much of that like factored into your decision to say yes to being the bachelor? Was it, you know, as opposed to like, I'm single and, you know, maybe it's
1: time for me to find someone. I think that that was the main thing. You know, it's like, it's like my naive, like being naive. I'm just like, yeah, like I saw how refined tyler came back after his experience on the bachelorette and you know i wanted something like that for myself not having <clears throat> been in a serious relationship in a long time and then after accepting that that's when the onslaughter of like like you know what your responsibility is like you know what you have to do and i'm just like damn like what do i have to do you know it's like i thought i was going on a sh- like the expectation for me was different than you know s- someone else coming on the show just looking to find love which, you know, it is what it is. Like, I'm not upset about that. I took that challenge on, like I wanted to take that challenge on. And, um, you know, it, it it uh, I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think that's a bad thing.
0: No, I don't think that's a bad thing either. It's just a heavy thing, right? Like you say, your experience is different than everyone else's in that sense. Did you ever kind of second guess it or, you know, like, I got to back out of this. You know, once you took this on and then the whole world is telling you, you know, these are your responsibilities. This is
1: the weight you're carrying on your back. And you're like, whoa, like just slow down for a minute. Um, No, I just, I never wanted to back out, but I just continued to be reminded of the gravity of that decision because of um, how polarizing my presence and decision-making would be. But I made a promise to myself before the show, that I wasn't going to let my um, decision-making be swayed by trying to please the public, trying to please white people, black people, Asian people. Like I was trying to find p- happiness and peace for myself. And um, and that's what I did. And, and I just remained real to myself. And um, that made my decision-making very easy because I wasn't trying to please the network. I wasn't trying to please that person. Like I was just staying true to myself and everything that I did
0: right like you didn't feed into you know comments or like you eliminated this person like what does that mean in the bigger sense if you really were able to stay just like this is my heart i'm in this bubble and that's why i'm here
1: you have to because if you don't then like like and it's just, it's the worst thing like when you see someone trying to do those things because you're never gonna please everybody so like like let's say you send somebody home it's like they're gonna love that and they're like why'd you do that and you're like oh snap like like they're gonna Hate every single thing you do. Like someone's gonna have something to say about everything you do. So, like, how are you gonna find happiness if you're trying to please people that can't be pleased? And um it's it's a it's a it's it's an impossible journey. So um, and people are fickle, you know, they change their minds and you can change their minds. So, like, you know, people who were in your corner initially and then hated you halfway through, then love you now and the relationship that you're in, like you just got to be patient. And, and you can't let that stuff have a bearing on your physical and mental health. Because, you know, if if you march to the beat of how you're perceived by people, then I mean, that's a dangerous place to be in.
0: It's a really dangerous place to be in, but you do. I mean, that's another thing that you do talk about in this book of like, you know, being a people pleaser, like you weren't always in this position that you are in now where you're like, that's a dangerous thing. I mean, you talk about how you were a people pleaser at, points in your life?
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I think like everyone wants to be I I can't see everyone. I say I want to be liked. I think it's important to want to be like liked and respected and whatever by your peers. And um, as long as I was trying, but this is what it boiled down to for me. Like, yeah, I want to I want to be liked by everybody. But at the end of the day, like I'm not going to compromise my faith and like what I believe in to make those things happen. So as long as I'm honoring God and doing the things I need to do to be a good Christian and a good person, then everything else doesn't matter. Because I know that what I'm doing is pleasing and honoring to God. Then, like, if I make somebody ha- unhappy in that, then, like, I'm sorry. Like, that's tough and they'll get over it. But, like, I can't bend the knee, as, as you would say, for Game of Thrones, just every single situation because I'm just gonna be walking around on my knees. I'm just be walking around on my knees all day. So. Right.
0: Like you have to be authentic to yourself, I've that too. which this leads me to your Instagram, you know, a few days ago, or I mean, within the last week you shaved your beard. This very, I mean, I thought that video was touching and great. Like talk to me a little bit about the video and like, you know, what it symbolizes and how you came to this decision.
1: Yeah, no, that, that, that was a very fun project for me because, um,
0: Which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, three ten is celebrating a new year of goals with code Velvet Rope and giving our listeners fifty percent off, up to one hundred dollars off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE.
1: Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise.
0: What a wonderful day! We come together every day, five days a week, and we are from all different walks of life, shapes, sizes, locations, but there is one thing we all have in common here, and that is we love reality TV. Come on, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you didn't. I have to tell you, I am obsessed with being. Being is reality TV Gold. Listen, Bing is an innovative new audio format like no other podcast you've ever heard. This season, it's being Trans. You're going to meet Chloe. You're going to meet Jeffrey, Mariana, and Cy. Over the course of six episodes, you get to be a fly on the wall, and I know you guys love that from their most intimate conversations. They're unscripted, raw. You're going to hear it all. You'll be right alongside them as they handle health, Family, relationships, love, friendships, professional careers, and everything else that comes with living life as a transgender person in LA. With this podcast, you'll gain unique insights and an empathetic understanding of their personal experiences. From Lemonada Media's Being Studios, this is audio reality. This is being trans. Literally, think about it. We now have reality in the form of a podcast, you're just going to sit back and you're going to observe. It is so good. You guys being trans is out now, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: During the show, you know, I didn't want to have a beard. I wanted to be clean shaven. I wanted to, you know, that was, that was my, that was my bachelor phase. And then as I'm becoming into my own person again, having to like You know, when you're, when you're on someone else's time schedule, whatever, you just become a robot. And then when you get out of that, it's like, it's like, you just had that, that COVID beard, that quarantine beard. It's like, man, I don't have to be anywhere. I don't have to be doing anything. I'm not reporting to anybody right now except for, you know, nobody. So I'm just, I'm just going to grow my beard out. And it just became this like, like rebellious type thing for me. Like Rachel, I told Rachel, I'm like, I'm I'm gonna grow my beard out. And if at any point you don't like it, then like, I'll shave it like it's not it's really not that deep like I'll shave it I don't care she's like no I like it like keep growing it so like I continue to grow it and people felt some type of way about it they were like that thing's ugly you look like a thug like you look so much better with it shaved. and like it's things that I've heard my whole life you know when I had dreads it's like yo you look dangerous like you don't look approachable when you have dreads I'm like because of why like like what in society like what in our histories led people who look like that to be uh scary any more than you know the your your not to stereotype people but like any more than like anybody else who's ever done anything wrong like there's bad people are bad people and good people are good people and there's no what that looks like and when we try to put people into categories it's dangerous and so for me I'm like if I can be a good person and have a beard then like, maybe, you know, playing into that thing that we talked about earlier, maybe I could change the hearts and minds of people. And then I went on to explain after I cut it, it's like, you know, people are unaccepting of people who don't look like them until they need those people. And that could be from, you know, a doctor or someone who's going to fight the war for you or a service person, a police officer, a firefighter. It's like, you know, whenever, until you rely on that person for something, you're like, oh my gosh, like, like maybe all these people aren't like that. And it's like, It was just a play on like, don't judge a book by its cover. Like, like I'm, I'm like when I was younger, you know, tattoos. If you had a tattoo, you're never gonna get a job. Like, you're you're a bum if you have a tattoo. A lot of people have tattoos, and this isn't like a pro tattoo campaign, but it's like you've got to be accepting to, you know, different cultures and what people are doing. And as long as they're not harming anybody and they're being good people, then you know you should be pretty open minded to things and. Um, It was just something to have people have an open mind towards people who don't look like them or might be doing things that they don't agree with. And as long as, you know, it's not harming someone, then they should be optimistic towards it. I I would agree with all that. Or right, like, you know, you have a stereotype of someone, right, until they walk
0: in the room and like, that is your doctor. Or who is that? Oh, wait, that's so-and-so. I love their music. Or that's just, you know, I just, it's all it's the same person and your whole, your whole opinion just changed within a matter of one, one, because you know, one thing about them now. So it's, I thought it was a powerful. And when you were growing your beard too, I mean, it sounds like some of that, not in a bad way, was just rebellion of the, like, I'm so sick of everyone weighing in and having an opinion on everything I do after going through an experience where people, you know, you work, not controlled. I mean, maybe that's the wrong word, but you were part of a show and a network. It was just kind of like, it's my time now. Like I just need a break. Right. I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that's kind of the sense I got as well.
1: Yeah. It was, it was a healthy expression of that. You know, I think there's a lot of harmful ways to go about being rebellious, but I felt like growing out a beard was just like a, you know, a, 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 a peaceful protest, you know, it's like, I'm going to do this. And, you know, when people ask about it, it gives me an opportunity to talk about my truth and um that's kind of what i used it for
0: and in coming into your own and now you say you know like you're authentically yourself like did the actual process of the bachelor like you know it sounds like it really helped you and prepared you to kind of write this book because you already bared your soul in a lot of ways like did the bachelor change you as a person and like everything you went through as far as like i just have to be authentic to myself or were you kind of there just in terms of working out your own
1: stuff before, if that makes any sense. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, The Bachelor helped in a major way. And it's, it's disappointing for not only someone like myself, but former uh, leads and participants in the show that had this like, negative connotation towards the experience, just based on, you know, how they were exploited or how they were used and how they were portrayed, whatever, because it's such a in the moment, such a fun experience. Like everyone's growing, everyone's learning. You're, you're, you're learning about yourself. You're having to talk about things and be vulnerable. And um, I think that there's a healthy way to go about using that um, energy and, and content that you're pulling out of these people that's um, more in line with telling an authentic story opposed to you know being exploitative. And that's why you see so many people from the franchise being like, Oh, I don't want to be associated. And it's sad because there's so many good people that have come out of it that like no longer want to be like, Oh, like, I don't want to be bachelor this, I don't need a bachelor that. Like, and I get it, like it sucks because it was like it was a cool experience. Like I met freaking Rachel on it, who I love. I met a bunch of incredible women, I met uh friends from past seasons. I connected with former bachelor, bachelorettes, like it was it's a, an incredible community and Uh, ecosystem to be a part of. And, you know, because of a couple bad actors, you know, it's like shameful to associate with it because it's like, you know, you don't want to be one of those people. So
0: do you think that's like reality TV in general, or is there something unique about The Bachelor and just the way, you know, it's rolled out to the world that it's,
1: it's maybe more unique to that? No, it's not reality TV. I think when people say that it's a cop out because there's a bunch of different verticals that you can go to to experience whatever you want to experience if you want to go you can go watch love is blind you can go watch the ultimatum you can go watch 90 day fiance you can go watch too hot to handle f boy island like whatever genre of like drama or like intensity or like sexuality you're looking for go find it but like something like the bachelor that's rooted on like wholesomeness and like a love story that's like getting away from that now with all the nonsense it's like it's frustrating you know because there's there's something there and, like, instead of chasing, like, you know, these other, like, shows that are going off, like, double down on, like, what you, like, what brought people in initially, and, like, you'll be fine, so.
0: Right, like, it's not, the title isn't
1: F-Boy Island, or Love is no. Blind, like, it's, you know. Don't make it that. Yeah. It's the Bachelor Bachelorette. It's, it's Bachelor in Paradise, like, just, like, find your niche and, like, don't chase something else.
0: I see that you know your reality TV. Do you watch all these shows? And do you watch any other reality TV
1: shows? Um, So just with being a part of it, like being a lead on the show, you just get thrown into that ecosystem. So like I I have friends that were on other reality TV shows. I have friends that, you know, were on other dating shows. And like the way that those people are portrayed, everyone has this – Idea of these people, like, oh, these people are like horrible people, or these people are crazy. Like, they're just like everybody else. And, like, knowing that, that's why it's so frustrating when I see these like narratives floating around when it's like, but again, you go on certain shows to have certain type of experiences. And, um, I long winded answer, but to answer your question, it's hard not to, it's all over the place. And it's so, like, it's such a tire fire. Like, you're not gonna, how can you, like, not watch, like, when someone's like a 90 day fiance type show or like something that just has like such suspense and like such buzz around it. And like these clips that are being pulled and like shared on social, it's like, I don't want to be in the dark on this. Like, this is hilarious. Like I want to watch this. So they're doing something right. If everyone's talking about it, you know?
0: And some of the titles, you're just like, okay, like FY Island, like I don't really even need to see a clip, like just sign me up and like <laughs> buy me the subscription for the whole season, and like right. I will. Right. Same with 90 Day Fiance. I'm like, this is literally the most brilliant concept in the entire world. Like, what <laughs> what did we do before this? Right. What about like? Does Rachel watch like Real Housewives? Does she suck you into any of that stuff, or is she not? I mean, I'm just assuming as a straight man, you don't watch Real Housewives.
1: No. I I honestly don't mind Real Housewives because I'm a big fan of um, of Andy Cohen. So, you know, he, he's someone who covers a lot of that stuff. And, you know, being on dance with the Stars, I'm, I'm really close with Kenya now, who is a Real Housewife. Um, again, you just get pulled into that ecosystem. And uh, I'm friendly with a handful of those people. And so it's fun to know these people as people and then to see their lives portrayed on, you know, reality TV. It's like. It's 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 an exciting place to be in to have both vantage points, you know.
0: Well, you know, two days before your brilliant book comes out, The Real House, your friend Kenya Moore is back on our Bravo screens, The Real Housewives of Atlanta. So
1: you can just get ready to watch the new season. I can't wait. Yeah, no, she's been active. She's uh, a I'm very excited for that season. She's going to be she's going to play a key role in that
0: out of everyone you were on dancing with the stars with like what was it about kenya that just kind of drew you to her
1: um her realness you know like she just was we just related on a bunch of different stuff like and and you can insert kenya for any of the stars i mean they're just they it was just such a out-of-body experience like being around you know I'm a Laura Harden, like someone I grew up watching and like admiring and then like sharing the stage with her. And then like, you know, Amon Shumpert, you know, who went on to freaking win it all. Like someone who I, I played as Amon on 2k, like I've watched him play basketball for years. I listened to Jimmy Allen's music. I watched SUNY on the, like it's all these people that you respect and admire. And then you're having this interaction and relationship with them as people. And it just changes your perspective on everything. So, um, But yeah, Kenya, I mean, she's just a real one. So whenever you are around someone who is authentic and real and not fake in a world where there's so much of that, you just gravitate towards those type of people.
0: Kenya is authentically Kenya, that I can say. (laughs) I mean, I don't think she knows how to be any other way. Nope. How was Dancing with the Stars just as a, on the level of difficult things you've done in your career?
1: Uh. I mean, it was up there. Like the, it's tough, bro. Like they, they're so talented. They make it look easy and they do such a good job of like making sure that you have your steps down. But then like, when you're critiqued by, you know, uh, when you're, when you're set up against your peers and like you're going up against all these other amazing, incredible athletes and dancers, it's like, these people are really talented and you take it for granted because, you know, uh, they make it look so easy, but it's not, it was very hard. And I have just, my respect for them just continues to grow as I spend time around them and see the, the hours and sweat and blood and tears that they put into that profession. Like, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was incredible. I really enjoyed it. Do
0: you remember, like, if I said, you know, tonight, go and do a pasta doble, go and do a tango. Like, do you
1: remember a lot of stuff? I mean, hell no, that shit was hard. I would, I do not remember that. Like Lindsay would be coaching me up to the very last second. Like I'm like, all right, Lindsay, let's do one more last walk before we go out there. Um, Yeah, no, there was, it was, (laughs) it was tough. It was tough.
0: You know, you talk about how like the bachelor kind of changed you and how like, you know, it did help with like you getting in touch with your authentic self did you ever go down that road of like, you know, here are all the comments and, you know, and if you did, did that kind of then affect like things you did after the bachelor, if that makes any sense?
1: Um, not really like, and and I'm very fortunate and lucky because I had someone like Tyler go through it before me and I saw how he navigated everything. And like, if I hadn't had seen his example, then I probably would have been weeds in the articles and making sure that like what's people saying about me here and there. Um, You can't, you can't read that stuff because good or bad, it's going to change and there's going to be something that happens that um, it's going to be unpopular with a bunch of people. So you can't ever be swayed by how people are feeling again, as long as you're not doing something that's hurting someone or that's, you know, not right morally. Um, And, 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 yeah. So I, I didn't get wrapped up in that stuff. You didn't.
0: I finally got, and I'm finally getting a good night's sleep. Listen, if you think as a self-respecting New Yorker working on this podcast 24 seven with all the stress that comes along with it, that I have gotten a good night's sleep over the past many years, you are sadly mistaken. Well, listen, now I get a good night's sleep and it's all because of Dormeo. If you suffer from any type of achy hips, back, shoulders, anything when you sleep. Listen, you have to try the premium mattress topper by Dormeo at a fraction of a cost of a new mattress, a fraction, you can get that new bed feeling without having to buy a new bed. And literally, like for me, it really meant not waking up anymore throughout the whole night with all these aches and pains. And I finally sleep well, you guys. Now, of course, Dormeo's mattress topper has a full range of sizes from twin all the way through king. Dormeo has a 10-year warranty, a 100-night risk-free trial, and free shipping. So what do you have to lose? Right now, you can go to dormeo.com slash velvet, and you'll receive... 30% off of your Dormeo mattress topper. That's the best offer you'll find anywhere, but you have to go to Dormeo.com slash velvet. Remember with their 10 year warranty and a 100 night risk-free trial plus free shipping. It's crazy not to give Dormeo a try. Did any, I mean, I don't know if you kind of answered this, but did any, so like, look, you went on the bachelor, everyone knows what happens. Like, you get there and like, you're falling for, you know, the person you're falling for now, we have like, you know, we've had bachelor controversies before, but you know, this might be up there as far as like these racially insensitive Mm -hmm. pictures. And so like, did any part of you, like, how can I phrase this? Like, so after when, you know, you, you didn't choose Rachel, you guys broke up. We Mm -hmm. all know you guys found your way back together. Mm -hmm. Was any part of you not being true to your heart in the sense of like look what's going on in the world right like i mean it's still going on like i'm not saying we've made but we've made some progress right like things were happening look where the country was and now like the optics on this are like how can i choose this how can i say i love her i mean we are there now i get that but at the time like how could you like for me as a viewer when you broke up and it didn't work out to me, I guess it was, it was about you being authentic, but it was also like, well, how could you ever as a black man? And like, you read this book and you learn all this stuff about you. How could you ever choose her? And yes, that's authentic in that it may not have been a connection, but it's more like the world is watching. Like, right. We, we were at a different place even then. I mean, it was like, everything was being analyzed. Does that make sense? Did that ever play into your Like, I just can't stand up in front of the world because of this weight, like you said, that everyone was putting on you.
1: I think it was more so like, um, I just wanted to validate that my feelings were as strong as they were because I knew I loved Rachel. And like, when you go into that Bachelor uh, bubble, when you're like on the show, you don't have a phone, you don't have family, like no one to bounce ideas off of. Like, you, you can and i'm sure you if you ask a handful of the women from my season like they thought they loved me or whatever whatever like it was you know we had known each other for a couple of weeks so who knows what they really felt and um i had to make sure that like how strongly i felt about her wasn't just me being in this like ultra intense experience and you know when we separated briefly like i thought about her daily and i wanted to reach out to her and talk to her and um those feelings were there and Uh, the person, and I knew the person that I fell in love with outside of everything else that I had learned. And I knew that we could build on what we had and that's what we've done. And it's been awesome.
0: And I mean, do you look back and you say in a way, I mean, look, some couples go out and they have a great first year and they have their drinks and they go to parties and life is good. Right. And then like a year into it or a year and a half or six months, whatever it is, you're like, wait a second, we have some things here we need to talk about. Like do you ever look back and say in a way like you guys really, We I mean, talk about like open, honest communication and just breaking it down. You kind of just jumped off the deep end, right? I mean, you had well, to. I just,
1: yeah. I think about other relationships I've been in, and this is the most mature relationship hands down I've ever had. So like, um, I've never had, like, I've, I just imagined myself like in college, or like right out of college, like having the conversations I was having with Rachel, like I wasn't there. Like, so we were already so much further along than any place I'd ever been in a relationship. And to go through something like that together just meant for me that we were battle tested. And if we could handle something like that, then we would have no problem handling any other type of adversity that came in our relationship.
0: Did you, did Rachel weigh in at all on this book? Like, did you run things by her? Did she have a reaction when you said, you know, I'm writing a book and yes, here's the race box and here's like the family box, but the relationship box is also going to be part of this in the
1: title of this book. Well, yeah, she was in it. So I thought it was really important to run everything by her to make sure that she knew what I was going to be talking about. And there was no surprises when, you know, that story was rolled out. Um, more so than I did with my family. You know, I didn't run a lot of things past, you know, my mom, my dad, because, you know, those, those experiences were, were what they were. But having gone through these experiences with Rachel, I wanted to make sure that, you know, since she hasn't gone on podcasts or Good Morning America, and the things that I've had the the opportunity to do, I wanted to make sure that, you know, I wasn't further uh, getting away from, you know, how things happen, because, you know, everyone experiences everything differently. So, you know, my experience would be different from hers. And I just wanted to make sure she had input in that. And so, yeah, I was bouncing things off, Rachel.
0: Right. I mean, that's exactly what it is. And then did she read any parts? And, you know, it's your book, it's your story. But say, like, you know, say what you have to, because it is your experience. People experience things different. But was there anything that stood out where she was like, this is just not how I experienced this or remember this or anything like that?
1: For sure. And that's why you have conversation. You know, that's why... Uh, you, you have conversation with someone as you're putting that together. Because um, if something's one-sided, then it's gonna, I think it's gonna read as one-sided. And um, I just wanted to make sure that as I was telling our story, it was an accurate, accurate portrayal of where we were at. So um, that had to be a collaborative conversation.
0: Do you have any like fun highs, like just to lighten it up, like fun highs from being on The Bachelor? I mean, other than obviously the best thing I would think you would say would be meeting Rachel and here you are, but yeah. like anything stick out is like that was just really
1: a fun experience. Um, just like the the um, that the like I don't know the right word or adjective for it, but like the the adolescence of our conversation, like looking back at the conversations that Rachel and I had and like um, the moments that we shared, feeling like we were in high school again, and then like seeing where we are now is like funny to look back on. And I I always, when I I poke fun at Rachel because there's certain group dates and stuff that like, um, one of the funniest things for me was like, there was a night where um, Rachel, freaking got a group date rose or like a one-on-one rose uh i forget which one it was but she had a rose going into the the, to the to the cocktail party and um as i go to like start handing out roses and stuff she's safe for the night she's not going home she's like bawling crying and like i could tell she had been crying so i was just like like why is like what what could she possibly be upset about if she's like safe for the night and like they the, the women had formed these relationships with the other women who were there and they almost enjoyed hanging out with each other more than they did myself, which is understandable. They're spending all this time together in the house. So like whenever you sent home one of the women, it was just like a big event. So um, everyone I had to be uh, sensitive to the fact that that was going on and it was just like blew my mind that that was a thing. I'm like, wait, y'all are safe, but you're upset about other people going home. I was just like, what? But um. Yeah. Stuff like that. I look back on them. Like that still blows my mind. Like that was a funny, like that was funny that I was like, so out of, out of touch.
0: Right. Like these women actually are spending so much time together. They're becoming friends. And if I'm not going to choose that, they might as well, you know, meet some friends on this experience. Right. Yeah. What about, you know, I've talked to other people that were the bachelor, or the bachelorette and a lot of them say, you know, not all of them, but a lot of them say like, you can tell right away. I mean, I guess, could you tell right away? And if so, like how hard was that then, you know, you're making a TV show. I mean, you can't reveal anything like, so whatever, ever, you know, I mean, you still are going through the process to be true to yourself, but like, did you know right away? And if so, how hard is that to just kind of, you know, let's not give this girl all the attention and make it that obvious. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have editors and production experts, but right. Like you wouldn't really know that
1: you'd be like, wait, am I being so obvious here? I think that for the, for the, Full answer, they're going to have to read the book for that one. But I will say that what I was drawn to Rachel was her realness and her authenticity. And when you're in a space like I was and anybody who's in that position, like you're going to be drawn to someone like that because there's so much like fraudulent things going around and like emotions and feelings. And I didn't see that with her. And that's why I was just so drawn to her.
0: Talk to me about because you also talk in the book about how like you guys kind of came back to each other and how it was fate. I mean, everyone that doesn't know the story can read the book. Like, I mean, I know that like you're very, you know, into your religion. Like, how much is fate
1: like uh, a part of your life? A hundred percent. I think that um, there's when 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 we try to will things, or I guess I can only speak for myself whenever I try to will things in my life, they they typically don't pan out the way that I'd like them to pan out because, you know, um, my belief is that, you know, when I'm pursuing things that God wants me to do, he's going to honor those things. And when I'm pursuing things that I selfishly want to do outside of what he wants me to do, then I'm going to fall flat on my face because I've found through trial and error that I can't do things on my own strength. Like I've got to rely on his guidance so that I will continue to make right decisions. Um, and the, in working towards a space that he wants me to be in. And so, um, whenever I try to do things on my own, it never works out. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I've, I've, through the obstacles that I've faced in my life, I just have to rely on him to make sure that I'm doing all the things that I need to be doing so that, um, I'm going to stay in his will and continue to grow and have favor. So, um, I don't, that's kind of a long-winded answer. I don't know if it answers your question, but, um, yeah, just being very prayerful and, um, you know, not trying to will my way or selfishly do things that I think would be in my best interest because it just never works out.
0: That does make a lot of sense. Well, listen, the bachelor gave you your girlfriend in the form of Rachel, but how is your boyfriend? How is Mr.
1: Tyler Cameron doing today? (laughs) He's busy. He's got a show that, uh, I don't want to give too much about, but it should be uh, a construction a construction show um, on a major network that could be close to to being finished, and I'm excited for him. Uh, he's uh, he's a, a general contractor, and the housing market right now it couldn't be a better time to be building. So he's been busy, and he's been back in Florida a lot. So um, he's tapped in. Well, he's also busy with you. Talk to us about. ABC food
0: tours, like it's just, I think a lot of people don't know about that.
1: Yeah, uh, that's a, a, a nonprofit, but we co-founded uh, that's based in New York City. Um, and the, the students that we service are from low-income areas and neighborhoods. And um, we focused on with everything that happened with COVID and how our families were affected. We reshifted and allocated our resources to double down on you know financial literacy with our students. Um a reinvestment into you know health and exercise and living a healthy lifestyle and providing that education for them because initially we were going on these group field trips to restaurants and um, fitness studios throughout New York City and that has changed you know it's there's different guidelines in place you know people vaccinated do people have masks can they work out and do this and that and a lot of the restaurants that we supported you know folded during COVID same with gyms so like the way that we're servicing our students has changed, but the mission hasn't. And, um, we've, it's, it's honestly been a blessing in disguise because now we can really meet our families where they're at and providing resources for them that they're not receiving at school and helping them be more prepared for a world that I feel is inevitably coming, which is going to be crypto native, which is going to have hydroponic aspects to growing food and, um, resources. And if we're starting that conversation at an early age I think they're going to be in a really good position
0: and that must be really rewarding work I mean you get to do it with a friend of yours and I mean gives back times 10
1: right yeah it's yeah it's it's selfishly it's a lot of it's it's very rewarding uh and it's I feel I feel selfish saying that because we're giving so much but I feel like I'm getting a lot from these students the more time I spend with them and I'm just like dang how am i learning so much from my time with these students when you know I'm supposed to be the one who's like imparting knowledge on him, you know well i'm sure you impart plenty of knowledge on them
0: <laughs> well listen i mean it sounds like tyler's you know busy with this new tv show abc food tours keeps him busy but you know despite being linked to you know Kristen cavalieri in the press as far as i know he's single so you are <laughs> his, you are his bff like what 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 does tyler need like do you try to fix him up like what does he need in a woman
1: he I, i'm no one to tell him what he needs he's got to figure it out um i uh i think when he's ready and he finds somebody that uh fits into what he's looking for then he's going to he's going to settle down you know he uh he doesn't have uh a limit of options available and um i think that he's got a lot of things that he wants to accomplish uh as a man and as a businessman uh and if he finds somebody who um is on that same trajectory and um making themselves better and um I think that's going to be a perfect match. So, um, who who knows? He's a wild card. You don't, you never know what's going to happen.
0: I was just going to say, I mean, listen, he does fine on his own, but you know, I mean, well, based on all that, what about Kristen Cavallari? Wouldn't she be a great fit for him?
1: Uh, I, I've never met Kristen. Um, she seems like a wonderful woman. Um, I, I, I have, I don't know. I, you know, I've never met Kristen. I, uh, Um, I'm sure that if he's spending any significant amount of time with her, then she's got to be a good person. Um, But yeah, I, I have no idea. (laughs) If I, if if I had any, if I would give you something, if I had it, but I've I've never met her, I've never spent any time with her. So I have no idea.
0: Well, I'm just going to put that out into the world. I'm going to will it to happen. (laughs) What about, you know, you're busy with all of this, you know, there's so many people, like you look at like Wells Adams and like, even like people that are not in bachelor nation, like last season, like we had David Spade and like, do you have any interest? You know, like I know when they were, you know, like Rachel Lindsay, like when they were talking about different hosts for bachelor nation, do you have any interest in that being part of this franchise and a hosting or other cap- for any other capacity?
1: Um, I don't think that, I think they're doing a good job. Like I think that uh, who they have hosting now is great. I think that when Caitlin and uh, Nature stepped in, like that was that was what needed to happen. Um, uh, so I don't know what value I could add. Like maybe from a consulting standpoint and like giving them some ideas, but like, uh, I I don't want to put a square peg into a circle peg. You know, like if I felt like I could add value, I would be you know more than happy to to pursue something like that but I don't think that's in line with you know what I'm trying to accomplish right now um so yeah I don't I don't know I'll always be an advocate and um like anyone who is a part of the show um has a direct line to me I spoke to Clayton a lot last season so um I I always want to be a resource but um yeah no there I don't see any way that I could add value at, at the moment so
0: What about your foreword in your book is written by Amelia Ocho. How did that come
1: about? That's my guy. I mean, we, 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 we hit it off, uh, at AFR just because, you know, we're both in this like very, um, peculiar position, you know, he's replacing somebody who's just a pillar of our community and bachelor nation and having to step in and, um, do something that no one's ever had to do before and then had this like very uncomfortable conversation. I, no pun intended, but like, uh, w- there wasn't a better person to, to lead that conversation. So, um, you know, when you connect with someone on that type of level, why just stayed in contact with them. And, um, I reached out to him about it because he had such a, um, unique, uh, vantage point into what was going on in my relationship and, and Rachel too. And so, uh, I just felt it was appropriate if he wanted to, and he graciously agreed. So I was very fortunate that he agreed to do that. And, um, he couldn't have articulated it better.
0: Did he turn to you for any advice before hosting that? I mean, that I agree with you, like that could have been like a lose, lose situation, but it didn't end up being
1: that way. Um, no, I think that, um, I think that, I think it went really well. Um, I, I don't I hadn't talked to him before because, you know, I don't think there was anything I could offer him to prepare him for that type of conversation. Like everything that he had done up into that point in his life had prepared him for that. So um, I was just a willing participant to uh, to partake in that, you know, uh, conversation. So, no, he knocked it out of the park. And um, I don't think that's the last we see of him in this space or anything else. So
0: I, I would agree with that. Before I have a few more questions about your book, and then we'll wrap up. Is there someone you know having gone through it? Like, if I said to you, pick the next bachelor and pick the next bachelorette, any any names come to the top of your list from Bachelor Nation?
1: If if you if you really wanted to like revitalize the franchise and um, like get it back on the right trajectory, um, put someone in that position that was wholesome that was going to be solely there to find that person that they're looking for. And people would tune in who actually cared about that story and him finding that person. I think the bachelor would have to be Tyler. I agree with you. I mean, I don't know. Do I think he would do it? I don't think he needs to do it. I don't think he needs to do anything. He's fine. But like that would be a a situation where the show needs him more than he needs the show. Um, but if they were smart they'd reach out to him and try to figure something out because um if anybody could could direct that ship in the right direction it would be him. Um a real authentic genuine person and um until then like best of luck with whatever they're trying to do.
0: I agree. I feel like they kind of missed the window on that. Like they would be yeah. more beneficial to them, but you know <laughs> One thing I've learned about, you know, the business is someone that doesn't want to do something. If you just back up the truck of money and there's enough of it,
1: (laughs) (laughs) you might have to give them some EP credit on that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Yeah. That that, I'm just like spitballing right now. Like, I don't think that's actually ever going to happen, but um, if, if there was a possibility of them or if they, if they had put it on me to try to figure out a way to, to, to write that that ship then that's a conversation that i would seriously consider um and doing whatever they could to make it work or um michael i like michael a lot um from uh katie season i think that he would be a great 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 option um just and i'm just basing basing that off like just real authentic people like you know and um, those are two that stand out to me of, of people that would just be like knocked out of the park, just like what I would be looking for if I was casting for that.
0: Uh, I like both of those. Do you yeah. think it is like, to your point, it's hard now, right? I mean, not even we have the same thing with housewives with almost any reality show, like it's hard to come in, right? Not studied, not with a plan in mind for when it's over. It's, it's just hard to find these authentic people.
1: Well, that and the fact that like, you, you just because you're a lead doesn't mean you're protected anymore. Like, like back in the day, they would go to extreme lengths to make sure that, you know, like you were like insulated. And, but now it's like, man, the next person, next person up, like you're chopped liver. So it's like, I don't, I think people are a little bit more cautious to stepping into something like that where, where you can get ripped up pretty bad. So, um. I don't know. I think just people are just wising up. Like it's just a, t- a, a turning of the tides and you just gotta just be more creative. And um, yeah.
0: I would agree. What do you want people to walk away as they read this great book? And like, you know, at the end to say like, you know, I thought I knew Matt James and now, wow. Like what do you want people to take away from your story?
1: Um, I want them to find At least one theme from the book that they can fall back on whenever they're going through something in life and be like, dang, like I remember this theme in Matt's book and this is what he went through and he got through it. And I want them to be able to draw strength from my experiences so that they don't find themselves in these like slumps when they're going through, you know, the hardships that life throws at you. And, um, I think that, that this book will empower a lot of people to do that. So it's, it's exciting selfishly, you know, for people to get it in their hands so that, you know, they can begin to, you know, have these experiences to lean on.
0: I I like that. And then finally, is there one thing, like, as people read this, what do you think they're going to be most shocked about? Like, do you think there's one thing that's going to stick out, you know, either like, you know, with your family we talk about race. We talk about relations. Like, is there one thing you think people are going to be like, wow, I'm shocked.
1: Um, Just my life experiences. Like there's, I've, I've lived a crazy life and when they see the things that I've been through and they can relate to those things, they're going to just be more in stride with like who I am as a person. Like, wow, me and Matt have lived some of our lives. Like I've done these things as well as some tea. You know, there's some good tea in there that I hadn't shared yet about, uh, uh bachelor Nation that um should be interesting and uh to get people's thoughts and ears on. So uh there's gonna be a lot to be taken away from. There is tea. I mean, like I literally picked this up thinking, you know,
0: it'd be about you and your life, and I was thrilled to read it, but I was like, yeah. Oh, I didn't I didn't realize we were actually gonna talk this much about the bachelor guys <laughs> so like this. This I was pleasantly surprised I was gonna read it anyway, but I was like this there's tea here, guys. So Doing a little bit, and I mean pre-order. Everyone needs to pre-order right now. May third is come on, let's hurry up. It's not that far away. It's coming,
1: it's coming, it's coming.
0: But you know, thank you for being so open and honest in this book. I really feel like you know you talk about authenticity, like you kind of just put it all out there. Thank you for talking to me for an hour. I really appreciate that, and I think it's a great book. So you know, you have to tell Rachel I said hello. I will. (laughs) And, you know, like to your point, she hasn't done podcasts. She hasn't done GMA, but you know what? Here behind the velvet rope, the door is open for Rachel any day she would like to come. I wasn't, I wasn't that hard on you. Right, Matt? We had a nice little conversation.
1: Uh No, you, 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 uh, you were good. No, you had, you, you you took it easy on me. You didn't beat me up.
0: So, you know, where can everyone find you that doesn't already follow you or that wants to pre-order this?
1: Uh, Instagram at Matt James, nine one nine Twitter, Matt James, nine one nine. And if you're bored at work, get on TikTok mattjames Matt James, nine one nine, uh, all the social platforms and a uh, bunch of links there to the book. So yeah.
0: I love it. Thank you so much for doing this. Keep in touch anytime. And this is going to be a, uh, this will be a New York times bestseller. I'm predicting it right now, just from media. Put it out there, David. Let's put it out Keep there. On it. I I can feel. (laughs) Listen, I read a lot of books like this. I I can feel it already. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Anytime. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear...